Hey everyone, welcome to the Knucklehead Grappler episode 4. Today's pod is with Steve Henderson. He's a jiu-jitsu black belt and instructor at both Red Cat Academy in Geelong and Spartan MMA in Warrnambool. We cover his origins in Japanese jiu-jitsu, his journey to Victoria for Brazilian jiu-jitsu and his passion for teaching. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Podbean. Alrighty, let's get into it. Yep. Cool. So, how are you, man? Good. Yeah. Very good. Oh, oh right. be. <laughs> In these surroundings. <laughs> um, Alright, so I just want to get into your head jujitsu-wise. Yep. Where did you start off? So, I started off training in Adelaide under a guy called Mark Cunningham mm-hmm. um, at a place called Ryoko Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. Uh, this was a mainly a Japanese jiu-jitsu gym. Mm-hmm. We did, they did do a BJJ program on the side, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't very popular, and most people uh, who sort of start traditionally martial arts they sort of look at, at BJJ as a, as a sort of, oh yeah, that looks interesting, but really they want to do self-defense. I was bouncing at the time, so I felt like I wanted to get a bit of an edge mm-hmm. on, on the nightly battles that were happening on the, at the pubs and clubs around Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I started off there under um, under Mark and uh, another guy called Peter Ragged. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's where my journey sort of began. Okay. Now, the differences between... Can you just outline the differences between, say, Japanese Jiu-Jitsu and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Okay, so depends on the style. Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, yeah, they have a lot of different styles. Like karate, has a lot yeah. of different styles along those things. Um, but Japanese Jiu-Jitsu is uh, mostly a passive art. There's not much striking involved. Yeah. At least in the one that I did and the ones that I've seen that are sort of come from there. I did a, a form called Kashido Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was very passive, very standoffish. A lot of throws, a lot of um, counters. So counters to striking, counters to um, to grappling, um, mm-hmm. counters to you know kicks and punches and you know all these type of things, elbows and very standoffish and, and letting them come to you and to redirecting their energy. A bit Aikido-ish almost. Okay. Yeah, a lot of this stuff. So, yeah, yeah. a lot of wrist locks. A lot of wrist locks. Yeah. I'd be counter the the to get my black belt. Um, I had to do a carter of 32 different wrist locks in a row. Are you kidding? No. It's very cool. I'll show yeah. you one day. It's very cool. Sweet. I wonder if I can remember. But yeah, it's, it's been have a while. You, have you found that wrist locks are one of those things that are that have helped you in your jiu-jitsu or not really? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little awesome. bit. I, yeah. I, I, I try not to do them because it's one of those one of those ones that's sort of like foot locks where in the old days <laughs> wrist locks are, uh, are um, a bit frowned upon. Yeah. I saw a great t-shirt the other day that said, Who's the, who needs friends when you've got wrist locks? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> so... Going from Japanese Jiu-Jitsu to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, what was that transition period? Oh, it was a funny story, actually. I, I, I was training with a friend of mine who was... Uh, he didn't do the Japanese Jiu-Jitsu at the school. He did the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu there. Mm-hmm. And um, I was always sort of interested in it. I was a very, bit bigger than I was. I'm, I was 120 kilos. I'm probably sitting at about maybe 95 now. Right. So I was a bit bigger back then. Mm-hmm. And um, this guy, Muhammad, I'll never forget him. Uh, he was... 63 kilos ring and wet sort of like and um, he said oh I'll come and have a wrestle mm-hmm. oh yeah I had a gear on at the time so I thought um, I'll have come and give it a go and mm-hmm. I was probably about two years in I think to my Japanese Jiu Jitsu sort of um, journey and um, had a wrestle and got my ass handed to me <laughs> in no uncertain terms this guy climbed me like a spider monkey choked me so many times in five minutes so I couldn't believe it my cardio I couldn't believe how bad my cardio was um and I think that's the difference, you know, like some people, and BJJ does this to people, you get humbled. Mm-hmm. You, every time they walk into a gym, you get humbled. Yeah. Um, you're either the person who gets humbled like that and say, that I can see value in that and I want to try it. Mm-hmm. Or you get humbled and say, I don't want to be embarrassed like that, I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of the still. I've seen a lot of the latter. I've seen a lot of people get embarrassed like that and then leave and not come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, I just went, "Wow, this guy's a magician. I've got to learn this stuff." So mm-hmm. I then the very signed up the next day and and um, I was I was there and started started the whole journey and fell in love with it straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Your first competition, what was that like? Ah, uh, scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else would be. Yeah. Um, so my first competition was the Machado Gathering. 
Right. Yep. Here um, in Melbourne. In Melbourne, yeah, we travelled over. We, we we come for a visit. So we were part of the Machado group over there yep. as well. So we're an affiliate of John Wilkes. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll never forget the fight. The, 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 I always think I was a one-strike white belt. Mm-hmm. No idea. No, no idea whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fight beforehand, someone had got headbutted in the nose and broke their nose. There was blood all over the mats. Um, I've still got a great picture of it, actually, because um, Arthur Lee is refing at the time yeah and he's got him cleaning it up and i would just see the i just grew a ghost look on my face and just oh my god what am i getting into yeah but um yeah that was my first comp but i but it was um i can't even remember couldn't tell you how i went i don't think i did too well yeah okay um but yeah you learn you grow from there i guess and i've competed a lot over the years yeah. yeah you've had some success too yeah yeah i definitely had a bit, bit of success yeah over the years. um it was sort of that was sort of my journey to Melbourne why I started okay. going to Melbourne so I, I got I started competing at the state levels back in Adelaide at the time the, if I remember the first state titles I went to there was probably about 60 people there right like it was very small mm-hmm. and it was a very small community we didn't have any black belts in the state at the time I think there was one guy who was a black belt but he ended up moving to Brisbane and so we didn't have any black belts there um, I fought and then I started my competition stuff there and I did reasonably well I got a couple silver medals and that mm-hmm. um, I ended up getting graded to a blue belt and then I won the state title about three months afterwards mm-hmm. and in Adelaide then and that I and that I also competed back in Melbourne and at the Michelle Gallery a few times with them and that sort of then I had this idea that I probably shouldn't be beating people at that stage yeah um, even though I was super dedicated like mm-hmm. I was from minute one, I was four or five days a week, and mm-hmm. it's all I thought about. You know, you, got, you get the bug, mm-hmm. and um, but then I thought I probably shouldn't have won a state title three months into my blue belt. Yeah, and then I thought I started to think if I want to try and take this stuff seriously, I need to sort of probably go to move to where I'm going to get my butt kicked. You know, mm-hmm. like um, and there were definitely a lot better guys than me in Adelaide at the time. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. um, but at that level, I just thought that there was nothing. There was really nothing sort of there from I, I wasn't if I was going to be serious about it I thought I needed to move somewhere where they were serious about what they did yeah um, and then I ended up contacting John Will I ended up saying to him um, over an email I told him what my predicament was and you know I did the whole I was doing the whole thing at my gym which was a pretty small gym at the time there mm-hmm. were bigger gyms around Adelaide don't mm-hmm. get me wrong like, mm-hmm. um, um, there were some pretty competitive guys as well I mean Craig Jones was training back then as well yeah you know in the same in the in the same states and he yep. was uh he was a uh, killing killing it as a blue belt probably yep. and, and definitely killed it as a purple belt yeah i heard that yeah oh, crazy good yeah um so but yeah so there were definitely don't get me wrong there's definitely a good competition sort of base there but i just felt that where i was my club was pretty small i wanted to stay loyal to machado mm-hmm. um so i contacted john and he said look if there's nothing holding you there why don't you come train with john mm-hmm. so um after some hard thinking and stuff like that and um, sort of decided that yeah probably not a bad idea so I just packed up and left everything yeah right family friends girlfriends yeah right everything just went what came to John 100% mm. weird then, journey yeah so what was that like going from a big fish in a small pond in your old club to like a, like then coming to Red Cat. Yeah, it was, well, it was Black Belt Studios back Studios, then. Yeah, yes. Black Belt Studios back then. Um, yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> it was tough. It was tough. Yeah. He, um, John definitely do me, didn't do me any favours. Yeah. Uh, if anything, he was probably super critical of me at the time. Like, um, and I think he was testing me a lot. Mm-hmm. He was, he, I, 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 there was many times in the first four or five months that I considered I had made a mistake. I actually thought that John didn't want me there. Yeah, but right. I, I, I've spoken to him since, and he said, yeah, well, I wasn't making it easy for you. Well, I wanted to see what you had. Yeah. So the, there was method to his madness. Yeah. Um, and I think he saw in me that my personality was like, well, let's go. Yeah. You know, like I decided, yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here, and I made that, this commitment, so I'm going to train hard. And, and I made a commitment to myself at the time. I said, I've done all this, and I've sacrificed all this, I uh, left my family and my friends and my girlfriend and my job and everything to to come to, to Geelong to train. I said, if I'm going to get the opportunity to train, if I'm there and I can, I'm going to train. So then I was training at that stage about six days a week. Right. Yeah, flat out. Yeah. Um, 
and didn't stop for years and years and years. We just kept going and going, and then, and um, yeah, slowly but surely, sort of. I didn't know anyone here either at the time, so yeah, that right. was tough as well. That would have been. Yeah, yeah. Um, props to um, Craig Morford. He he really sort of took me under his wing a little bit, and sort of he. I think he's moved around a bit over the years, and he realised that I didn't know anyone here, so he sort of took me under his wing and took me yeah. to town and stuff like that. So we've been good mates ever since. Yeah, right. Yeah, but it was a pretty crazy journey. But um, yeah, it's, John's a nice place. You get to know it and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Now with that steep learning curve was there anything that you did other than train like be on the mat to prepare yourself for that kind of process um i didn't i'm not really a cross trainer much I, that's changed in the last year or so the last two yeah. years i've decided i'm getting older now so i need to my back started to get pretty bad so i've started to do a lot more cross training and stuff like that, trying to strengthen my core and yeah um and that, um, but no, mainly I just trained. Mainly I was just time on the mats, maybe a little bit of bike riding here and there for cardio and stuff. But it was just more about spending time on the mats, mm-hmm. and just just grinding it out. And that's what I looked at it as. I said that this was this was this was a grind. Mm-hmm. And if I made the I made the commitment to do it, mm-hmm. I was gonna do it, and I was gonna do my give it my give it a really red hot crack. You know, like really try to make a name for myself, not so much for myself, but I had this overriding thing. I think it was the way I was sort of was treated when I first got there. It was just like, I want to be one of those guys, like, you know, the top guys at the club. You see them when you first walk in as a white belt and you go, wow, look at these guys. I mean, they didn't have black belts in Adelaide. They didn't have, right. have any. Mm-hmm. And I come to John's and there's six of them on the mat. Yeah. So it was such a big difference, like mm-hmm. huge. And these killers, you know, absolute killers. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I was like, wow, like I want the respect of those guys. I mm-hmm. want these guys to look at me and see me as an equal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and some lovely guys, don't you know, like mm-hmm. Bear and um, sorry, Trent Rice and mm-hmm. um, Jesse Crockley, and they were both brown belts when I looked up. They, they were, mm-hmm. but they were killers. And mm-hmm. Kelvin Spalding yeah. and yep. these these guys who were you know great martial artists and overall really good um, martial artists in, in their own fields as well as in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and, and just based on the mats, you know, I wanted these to their respect mm-hmm. and so I I just put it in my head that I wanted to be up there with those guys, you know. Yeah. Definitely. I think everyone does, doesn't Yeah, all, all the time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can definitely speak for myself when I say that, yeah, when I first got there, it was an adjustment. Like, yeah. even coming from Melbourne where yeah. I had seen black belts before like I had seen purple belts and stuff like that like it was still the level that mat is different yeah it's different it's like my, for example most mats have white belts on them yeah yeah like this pretty is much yeah, 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 yeah like all around Australia there's always like 10 there's more that's, white belts than coloured belts yeah that's been my experience too you, you, most most clubs don't have the luxury of splitting up the classes like John does yeah. that's it yeah. and then so I kind of it's more of a pressure cooker I think oh, yeah. when you get on that mat and it's especially the advanced class mm. like you got to be on your A game otherwise you're going to get yeah, lost yeah, yeah. yeah it's actually changed a little bit too yeah it, the, it was a it was a different mat when I first got there okay um, how so um it was definitely a bit more um, aggressive. Okay. Yeah, not as technical. The the guy, the real technical guys that are there now, mm-hmm. they were still coming up through the ranks or hadn't started yet. Mm-hmm. We got some great guys on there now. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but the there was a there was a it was a different ethos. It was mm-hmm. a bit more grindy, a bit mm-hmm. more pressure, a bit mm-hmm. more big guy sort of jujitsu and yeah. really, really you know that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and these days, you got the likes of yourself and um, Wade and mm-hmm. these other guys who are um, who are super technical and okay. flexible and have that footlock game. And that mm-hmm. stuff wasn't there when, when I was there. No. You do that stuff like mm-hmm. I mean, they were there. Don't get me wrong. John's always had that in his syllabus, but it wasn't focused like mm-hmm. it is these days. It's weird the way it all sort of ebbs and flows. Yeah. Do you think like the highest competition has an influence on that? Yeah. Uh, no, no doubt. But yeah. John's. John's always had that in his like we we were, I remember doing footlocks with him when I was a blue belt. Yeah, so there's no, you know, and also especially heel hooks. We were almost 
that you, we were some of the first places I've ever seen doing yeah. hill books like regularly on a on a thing like that. We would we were drilling them. Yeah. Um. I I then went to other clubs and would catch someone's heel and they'd look at me horrified. Yeah. You can't do that. You know, like well, that's 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 you can't do that. That's it. That's that's you know. No good. Yeah. No good. And I'd be like, oh, okay, geez, I thought every club did that, you know. And now yeah. it's all, boy, has it changed around, you know. Like, it's really, now mm. it's everywhere and everyone's doing it. Yeah. I actually, funny enough, I was training at Lockheed's um, down in, in South, in uh, St Kilda, back before he got his new gym. Mm-hmm. So it's absolute, um, absolute MMA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when I first got there, you know, this is, uh, I didn't see that many hillhooks there. They weren't yeah. doing that. I was a brown, early brown belt maybe, and we, mm-hmm. I just was looking for more training, extra training. I'd asked mm-hmm. John and he was cool with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he, I didn't see that much of it. Right. And I guarantee you, if you go there now, there's a lot of it. There's yeah. a lot of it. be a stack of it. Yeah, it's funny, yeah. it's funny the way it's progressed, especially in the last three or four years. Like it's really, it's become such a focus now. Mm-hmm. Now, when you started, you said there was more like aggression on the map. Oh, it's hard to say, hard to quantify. There's a little. Yeah. It was different, definitely different. Yeah, yeah it was more. It was, there was still the camaraderie and everyone's still mates and stuff like that, but it was very. It was a lot more high tempo. Not so much high. Maybe high tempo wouldn't be the right word. Very, just the pressure. You know, like yeah. just the just the we were we were. Ugh, it was yeah. grind. Everyone's everyone's like grinding into each other. And, I mean, it was, it, you know, back and apparently 10 years before I rocked up, it was even worse. Like, then yeah. it, it, well, better, worse. Yeah. Maybe not, I don't know. Yeah. But it was, um, more, it's, it, I think there's, jiu-jitsu's grown, Brazilian jiu-jitsu's grown over the years to the point where now it's a, it's a business, it's a, yeah. people are very student-orientated and stuff like that. But in the early days, with John especially, the, it was, it was a, you learned to do this stuff to fight. Yeah. You, know, you were fighters. And, yeah. And... and you know, you you the, you get a name for yourself by fighting on the streets. You know, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't it wasn't about competition. Delahaye regard this and stuff like that. It was top heavy pressure game. Get to the big position and knee ride the hell out of them, making tap to pressure and yeah and stuff like that. And you know, I think that that's you know there were there were a few times where there were fights on the mats and stuff like that from people. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just because it was it was a more aggressive sort of top heavy, really grinded game. Yeah. You know, not the not so much te- bottom game. Not the not the super technical guardy sort of mm-hmm. game as well. I think I sort of came in just at the end of that. There okay. Was, yeah. There was there was a lot definitely there before me and I think I sort of come in just at the end of that. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it sort of progress in the last ten years or geez now twelve years I've seen it sort of progress to a sort of now it's a lot different. There's um, and I've seen, but I see that all over the place too. Yeah, clubs and stuff that I've trained at. Yeah, definitely. Now, when did you decide that you wanted to teach? Pretty early on. Okay. Yeah, i I always had, I always had the idea that I, I think I got it from my first coach, Mark. I. I had this thing on him, and God bless him, he's a lovely guy, like a really nice guy, but I, and we, we remain friends to this day, but I always, I had this idea, and I thought, geez, I could do this better than you, mate. Like, no offence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but I could, I, I could see myself doing his job and doing it a lot better and getting more students with a, my with my style, even though I didn't really have a, a style mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see myself in that role. Mm-hmm. I, I found martial arts pretty late. I was 30 when I started. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, I just thought that it was always something that interested me. It was always something that I wanted to do. Was maybe something in the fit, fitness industry or something. I'm a boilermaker by trade. So, yeah. um, so it was a bit out there for me. But mm-hmm. I, I, I had that in my mind. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved over, it was actually with the... I had a plan. I didn't tell too many people. A few friends over in Adelaide. Mm-hmm. But I had a plan that I was going to get to a senior belt, brown or per- maybe late purple belt, and then move back to Adelaide and open a gym. Okay. That was my, that was sort of my idea because I I thought there was definitely room in the market for it, which is the reason I was moving to yeah to Melbourne uh, to to Geelong. So mm-hmm. I had that in my head, and 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 I and it's good to have have that idea too because. And I've heard John talk about this in the past, which is you say that you, you sort of got to have an idea of what you want out of your jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to if you want to be a competition beast, 
then you learn 10 techniques and you do them really well. Mm-hmm. Like you wrap them out a million times and you get really good at doing guillotines. Mm-hmm. Like you get really good and make it almost impossible, build your game around a, a competition mindset mm-hmm. and that's how you get world champions, you know, by having this, this just this insane ability to do a certain amount of things and be able to steer the path to those things that you're really good at right. and take someone's head off with a guillotine if that's your thing. Mm-hmm. Or you become that a, the, a, a fan of the art and you learn everything. You're a teacher and if you want to be a teacher, you've got to learn everything. You've got to learn everything from the top, from the bottom, from the side, from the small guy's perspective, from the big guy's perspective, from the old guy's perspective to the young guy's perspective. To mm-hmm. You know, you've got to learn the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And because I had that in mind at an early age, I thought that would be, a, I've sort of looked at my jiu-jitsu along that lines those lines as well mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. the striking side too if that was your thing as yeah. well so yeah I, I've always had that in my mind okay now what? how would you classify your teaching style like what, what would you say is your it's teaching def- style yeah it's definitely grown uh, differently over the years like I started I teach at the club um, I've all, I've probably about five years ago I took over the uh, the white women white belt classes mm-hmm. and it's yeah you don't know how to teach until you actually teach and then you all yeah. of a sudden I always have people say to me though that you know oh wow you've explained that well or mm-hmm. or you've you know you've done this to me you, you, I, I got this better from you than I would of my coach so it's sort of encouraging when you hear that type of thing but I've tried to go um, I, I've, I've tried to learn as I've gone along mm-hmm. I've always tried to uh, fix the things that I think that I've done wrong and I, and I can see the spark in people when they get that idea or I've explained an idea to someone that I couldn't explain before and they've gone, oh, you can see it in their head, in their eyes, oh, wow, I understand that now and they then hit it on someone very quickly and they look back up at you like, oh, wow, I've got it, yeah, that's great. And so I've gone, oh, I've remembered that, um, that's how I taught him sort of thing. Um, but I think that as you grow as a teacher, the more you teach, the more you get better at it. Um, I think I look at, um, and especially recently, and I've done this with my class as well. I've gone backwards a lot. I see a lot of people not, um, and teaching a lot of simple fundamental positional education, what I call positional education. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, look, just catchphrases, but yeah, the, I, the, way, the way that I sort of catalog it in my brain. Mm-hmm. The, you, I, a lot of, I see a lot of people come through and not, and in our club and lots of other clubs too, where you know, you learn techniques from certain positions but people don't then necessarily educate them about the position to start with so if someone comes up to me and says oh look my fist sweep from half guard sucks it's not working can you show me what I'm doing wrong the first thing I say is well show me your half guard mm-hmm. and then they show me their half guard and it's all wrong yeah well what I can say wrong well the th- great thing about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is there, is there any wrongs well there's probably golden rules and stuff like that but you know there's no strict this is the way it should be done mm-hmm. um but I like to think that there are certain things that I've picked up over the years which I so I can tell you about half guard that maybe four or five really solid points mm-hmm. that if you do it, you're pretty well going to defend the position well, your transitions from that position are going to be great, it'll leave open to certain submissions and stuff like that. But, you know, I see a lot of people flatten their back in half guard and, oh, that's just not half guard no. in my mind. You know, in my mind, you've got to be right on your side and you've got to be super strong with your legs and... So I've started, I've, I've started going backwards a lot and, te- and, and really picking apart a lot of the really basic, basic stuff that I see people missing. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised a, a lot of the time that I teach these guys, especially in private lessons and stuff like that, I say, okay, so show me, show me your close guard, show me your half guard. And they say, oh, and I say, so what are the vulnerabilities in that position? They go, oh, well, what do you mean by the vulnerabilities? I say, okay, so where are your arms? Where should your arms be? Where should your grips be? Where do your grips feel comfortable in that position? Mm-hmm. Where, how, how important is your posture in that position? How does this happen? How does that happen? And they've got no answers. They mm-hmm. don't understand what they've been shown, mm-hmm. but no one's actually explained to them. Like they show, they might tell you 15 sweeps from that position. Yeah. But they don't actually understand the position. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, so I've sort of, I've gone backwards a bit. Yeah. But it's really paid big dividends for my students and for me, myself, personally too. I'm getting to a point now where I'm really starting to understand a lot of that stuff and, and I can pass it on to people, my students and, and I see them flourish with it, you know, like and 
I've come up with these basic sort of drills that I think are really basic, really, really s simple stuff that I, I get these guys to do, and then I educate them about their about these all positions, and I've I've come up with a few drills which include all these the sweeps from all these different positions, all these attacks from different these, these different positions to then they're all molded into one, and they you see these light bulbs going off as they're learning it. Wow, this is so great! Why, why couldn't I have done this before? Or why didn't I listen to someone when they were telling me this last time? Yeah, even even as high as purple belt, I've seen some and some stuff where I've gone, whoa, geez, that shouldn't be there. Like, yeah. Do you know? I, I said I can see the position though. They say, okay. I said, do you find yourself getting cut on that side or knee cut on that side? Do you find yourself that they're standing in that position a lot? And they go, yeah, actually, yeah. And I said, well, that's because of this. You're not doing this quite right. You need to have that grip here, and that might then help that posture get broken down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I like to yeah I like to think I'm really focusing on a real fundamental side at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So as opposed to a collection of techniques, breaking it down to like the zero points. A lot of concept driven. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I've heard I know a lot of other people doing that too. And, yeah. And and I can see value in it. Um, I like to teach, um, build on that. The foundational stuff so if they i show them the foundational stuff and then i show them uh, a, a particular sweep from that position or, a sweep or something like that a little bit of candy at the end of the class or something to mm -hmm. show them okay so we've been working on just close guard but this is a really great sweep from that close guard that will set you up for this and then we start building on that so okay then then you see this is a common this is a the 80 percent person reaction to when you try this sweep they to counter it they do this and so that's when you do this so you start setting up these strings of moves from these different positions as they go along mm. and one of the seminars i've been teaching around australia at the moment um which started probably two or three years ago and you probably attested is that I, I, I love my lapel jokes. It's been my, my great do. <laughs> it's 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 my it's my game and it always has been and it's something I focused on and I wouldn't do a seminar on anything I didn't feel like I knew I, I could answer all the questions that someone had for me mm -hmm. um, on that subject. So that's why I feel comfortable doing a seminar on gee jokes, mm -hmm. um, specifically lapel jokes. And... Um, but yeah, if you've ever, the guys that have done it, you know, it's, it's a string of, of lapel jokes starting off with just a basic cross lapel when I teach the basic fundamentals of grip and angle and weight mm -hmm. and these, these things that are common things that come with, the, with that position. And then I start teaching them like, okay, so this is a common um, reaction to you doing a really great cross lapel choke from the inside of the closed guard. They, mm -hmm. they tend to do this. And say, okay, so then we go to the next technique. So we string something from that. Mm -hmm. and okay, their common their common issue when this when you do when you do these two chokes as a uh, as a counter and you do that you counter their counter, then they do this. And then okay, so then we can move on to choke number three, and then we go from there. And then it moves from choke just five string of five chokes as it goes along. Mm -hmm. So it's, I tend to like to string those stuff together. It really makes people. Um, it gets really great retention. Yeah. yeah. And it also like, if it fails, you've at least got something to fall it's back on. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the worst things about having a favourite move that sometimes you don't know the counter to it, and then yeah. you're kind of stuck, and then all of a sudden you're on your back. Yeah, Do you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And you'll find that with a lot of technique is that you learn a technique, and a lot of YouTube warriors out there will go. Um, they they have a little technique, and they do it, and they get it. They go to the club, and they try it, and they have. A lot of failures with it and stuff like that, and then they go, oh, "Okay, well, I've just wasted twenty minutes, half an hour of my life, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not going to, I'm going to throw that away." Mm -hmm. But um, you've, you've got to examine it the way you've got to examine the position it starts from. You mm -hmm. know, you've got to examine all those things that, and 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 then this the stuff that strings it together. So as you said, I've tried this, and I don't have a plan B for when they do a common a common counter. Yeah, and that's what I like to work on. I look yeah. at the commonalities of what their reaction is to each move mm -hmm. so we've rolled a lot you and i yep and and do you notice that when you roll i tend to have an answer to whatever you're trying to do with another side and certainly and, do yes yeah, <laughs> but, but that's the only because i've examined that position uh, uh, uh to 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 the nth degree yeah and I, I wouldn't try it unless i know i've got a plan b and then i've got a plan c for the plan b mm -hmm. and 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 that's what i'd like to teach too as we go along and and, 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 and I find I get such great answers, such great reviews from people that come up and just go, man, that was so great. Mm -hmm. and I get 
everyone friendly on Facebook after the seminars and they all saying, oh, I got my number three, I got your number three choke the other day, I went from two to three so smoothly, thank you so much for coming and stuff like that. And it just gives you so much encouragement. You know? Yeah, definitely, man. I think I'm on the right path. I think so, <laughs> just quietly, yeah. Uh, so when, when you say like YouTube Warriors, do you think it's not beneficial for people to search for things outside of the classroom? Well, it's been pretty funny, isn't it? Yeah. Recently, we've all gone, you know, six months ago, we'd all say, oh, don't look at YouTube, blah, blah, blah. And now we actually rely on people to look at YouTube to, to try and keep the businesses afloat. Yeah, that's it. Look, Jiu-Jitsu is funny. It's, it's... The one thing I like about it is that it's not this very rigid set of rules. Um, you know, I've sat in on a few Kyokushin classes in the last six months um, because my fiancé loves that stuff. And... Um, yeah. And she's very good at it, um, but I, it, it, for me, that reinforces what I don't like about martial arts, and what I don't like about traditional martial arts is that it's it's this set thing of carders that you must punch this way, and they're so particular about which angle your wrist is, and if you're doing a blade hand, it has to be at this angle and straight, and everything has to be right, and you have to have this perfect stance. Brazilians don't care about that stuff. They just go, yeah, no worries. We'll tell you, thank you very much. But we do it our way, you know, like, and I might presume that's it sucks, but <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because my fiance is Portuguese, but um, the, but that I love that about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. There's no hard or fast rules. Mm. And there, there's this great attitude that comes along with it too. With Not with every coach, but a lot of progressive coaches, they, you know, if you, they, they, they go, well, hey, you know, some find something on YouTube, show me. Yeah. yeah, show me. I'd love to learn that stuff, you know. I'd love to learn. What did you learn today? You know, you're a YouTube warrior. Show me what you're working on, you know. Like, mm -hmm. And um, and frankly, some of the best techniques I've got, I've got from internet videos. Mm -hmm. um, I think you've got to look at it in a certain way. Right. So I see a lot of people doing the wrong thing, the way they sort of research the stuff. They come in, they see this complicated move, flying on flutter mm -hmm. or uh, something like that. And well, gee, we, we tried that stuff as well. Mm -hmm. It was a limited success. That's it. <laughs> um, but a lot of the time, they, you, I always tell my students that they ask me these questions, I always say, oh, look, okay, so you've got to find yourself. You see this, you, for starters, look at YouTube to fix a problem. Mm -hmm. So you find yourself, you, you, this isn't working and something like that. So you go, okay, you type it in, I'm looking at uh, closed guard sweeps or whatever. Mm -hmm. you, you've got to find yourself, you've got to ask yourself the questions. Do I find myself in that position to start with? Because if you don't find yourself in a in a lasso guard and uh, you know on a stand with opponent very often, why learn techniques from there? Mm -hmm. Because you're going to find you can try and hunt for it, but geez, it's going to be difficult. You would have known yourself. You try to hunt for a certain thing in the middle of a live roll. It it doesn't work too well. Mm -hmm. the, the way that sort of the way that these sort of things progress is by by learning the position, mm -hmm. you know, learning being confident in your, in your ability to get that position, and then you progress from that position onwards. Mm -hmm. um, but just trying to hit a lasso guard on the blatter from a standing position to the sweep and all that, God, it's hard, you yeah. know, because you're relying on your opponent to do the right things at the right time and in a live role, it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So I say, find yourself in that first position. Mm -hmm. If you find yourself there, that's great. Go to position two. 90% mm -hmm. of the time, you never get in a live role. It, it, it doesn't seem to happen. So do you then throw away that? problem mm -hmm. but well maybe you should i don't i you know it's up to it's up to you but i say that you go okay you found yourself in position two mm -hmm. great then start to work the rest of it if if you can find that that starting position and then you can get to the next spot mm -hmm. in a live roll mm -hmm. 10 times out of 100 it's got legs mm -hmm. if not oh boy don't waste your time yeah you know like some of that stuff out there i look at it and i love that stuff i go deep with that stuff too i look at a lot of it yeah, um, but a lot of that stuff I find that you look at the you look at their opponent that they're working on, and they're sitting in a certain position for a long time. Yeah, with an arm extended or something, and that way you can do this lovely thing. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're wrestling against someone who knows who who's any level above white belt, you're going to struggle to get the really fancy stuff. Yeah, you can don't get me wrong, and you feel great when you pull it off. I love those helicopter arm bars when I pull them off. They're so <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah, but. <laughs> Um, but most of the time, I think it's it's the foundational stuff. As I said, I've gone backwards. I I, I, the, I, I like the solid sort of foundational stuff. Yeah. So with that, would you say that 
less live rolling is more when you're trying to nail a technique. I'm I'm a big fan of reps these days. Yeah, I, I, I I'm 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 leaning a lot more towards a lot of repetition. Mm-hmm. Only because I've seen the results that I get out of my students, mm-hmm. and I've seen uh, and I've done a lot of research on collegiate wrestling and the way that they do, they just do eight hours of double legs, mm-hmm. you know, week in week out, and that's why they're good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, wrestling, um, when we had uh, Talia Ilyasov come into the club, were you there? Yeah, it was there? a great session. <sighs> wow, I, yeah. when he hit that double leg, just to show us how he his style of doing it, I went, I know nothing. Yeah, I know nothing. I've done thousands of them, drilled so many of them, and I've just gone, "Yep, yeah, no, nah, I know nothing." Yeah, and I think that's important to be able to do too. I think you've got to be able to go, "Yeah, I bow down to the master, right? You know, you yeah. know much more than me." And now I do my double legs like him. Well, I try. Yeah, <laughs> nothing, nothing compared to him. But there's a reason why he's he's in such such high demand. He's that, very good. That's it, man. Like I think but one he of would have done thousands of reps. Definitely, thousands, thousands definitely. So you're. You kind of advocating for just just reps or reps with progressive like levels of resistance? Uh, I think if you've got a good partner, they'll feed you that resistance in the right time. Yeah, and I think that comes with a lot more experience. You ever notice that when you're rapping with a black belt, they sort of give you the uh, a, a common, they give you a little bit of at the right time, mm-hmm. and and I think that that comes with a lot of experience with your partner and and. You can you definitely want to add some resistance at some stage, but yep. how you add that resistance is important. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't just make it difficult. Mm-hmm. It's not about just making it difficult to get the thing. You would you, you the way you really act, you you add resistance is to add resistance the way that someone should add resistance would add resistance during the roll. Mm-hmm. A lot of people when they say add resistance, they just sort of stiffen up. Yeah. Okay. Who does that? Well, I know a few, a few guys that do that. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but, but most people, they tend to have that common reaction. So with a double leg, their first common reaction is to sprawl. So when you drill double legs, if you do, if they, if you give, if they give them, you give them the right resistance, then they will sprawl and they'll land on your shoulder and you'll, you know, if you hit it right, mm-hmm. you would beat them to it. And as they sprawl, all their weight goes on your shoulder and you take them down, you know? Whereas, you can add the wrong type of resistance to that and then it's not going to work as much mm-hmm. on you with how it would matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's going to do, you're, going to, you're going to get hit hard. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so yeah, I'd say progressive resistance but, but to, a, to, an, to an extent. You, you've got to, you, I think in, it's like anything, once you get the one, two, three down a, a thousand times, boy, you're going to get what's good at that one, two, three. Mm. You know, whatever those moves are. Yep. And then it won't really matter what resistance they give. If you've got a good coach and you're doing it right, mm. then it shouldn't really matter too much. That's it. One thing you just touched on, and I think for me personally, like I see a lot of value in it, it's becoming a better partner. Yeah. yeah like yeah. you get so much more from a role, from a technique, if you're a better partner. And not even just in a in like a person-to-person thing. It's just like knowing when to react, yeah. knowing when to go, yeah. knowing when to give them a bit more, yeah, yeah, knowing yeah. when to say, hey, man, that's not working. Yeah. Yeah, like... Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've seen that with your rolling too. You you know, um, you're a great partner now. Mm. Really, we've had some battles. Man. Yeah. It's really it's really cool. And my, and my fiancé loves rolling with you as well. Yeah. You know? And she's only little. She's only tiny. So yeah. she's a beast. But yeah, she's, yeah. she's only tiny. But, you know, you, you do give that your feedback and you know if you go back to I remember when you were a white belt it might have not been that case you know but no. I think everyone's the case it's, that's it you get that stuff with your experience and stuff like that I think a lot of it depends on the culture and the mats as well that you've got with a lot of clubs that are a lot of different you know have that different culture on the mats and they the, the it's, it's, it's um, kill or be killed and I've been to a few of those clubs as well yeah that's cool that's that's that's, that's the thing and, and they'll attract like minded people and mm-hmm. And um, they're usually a really high competition sort of clubs and stuff like that, and they've got a real competitive drive. That's great. That's you know, as I said, there's no hard or fast rules. Mm-hmm. You roll how you roll, and and that's what I love about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's just this freedom to to express yourself and and mm-hmm. even come up with moves. You know, like I I never forget when John let me name one of the moves after I sort of altered a, an inverted bow and arrow that he come up and. 
he said, name it's yours, you know, and, and that meant a lot to me, you know. Like, yeah. I, I, and, and I still teach it in my seminars every now and again, yeah. the Hendersol. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've, so. I've been calling that at times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it, you know, and, and the freedom of that is, is priceless. It's, it's it's great you know you've got your style of role and I've got my style of role and mm-hmm. he's got his style of role and, and, and how you how that all work pans out in the fight is, mm-hmm. is, is cool it's, mm-hmm. it's, it keeps you endlessly fascinated with the, with the sport and how the way that you yeah, or the martial art the sport side of it the, everything like that mm-hmm. is the uh, is, is how your game relates to other people and all that type of stuff it's great it's just great fun that's it I love that chess game no, yeah. it's just that's why I love the gay more than no gay outside. Yeah, I just love the chess game that goes along with it. Let's see, there's so many more handles. Yes, I love those handles, especially the ones around your neck. That's you know? it. <laughs> um, in terms of beginners, what would your advice be to someone just starting out jujitsu? Uh, stick with it. Yeah, it's hard. There's yeah, no fans or buts about it. Jujitsu is probably getting my black belt in jujitsu has been the hardest thing of my life. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, you, you get very discouraged over the years when you keep trying, even with beginners, you know, like probably the first six months is the worst, mm-hmm. especially when you go to a normal club, not like ours, we're, we're quite happy, we're quite lucky that we get to separate those belts out, we even separate the white belts, white belts into different classes mm-hmm. of experience and stuff, um, whereas, you know, you, you go to a smaller club, you can just get thrown into the wolves, and the only time that you actually start beating anyone is when someone else new comes. <laughs> you know so, that's yeah. that's that's what my experience was, mm-hmm. and so I was that I was the nail for you know everyone else was the hammer. I was the nail for the first six months, mm-hmm. and then and and by guys who weren't as big as me and weren't you know but much more technical and really great you mm-hmm. know and, and it's demoralising and you gotta stick with it. You know I saw value in sticking with it, and I tell you what the the the, the, the reward at the end of that journey you think oh I gotta keep going until I get my black belt and. Boy, getting my black belt was a big, big day. It was a massive day in my life. But I look back on it now, and it was just really it was it was the it was the coming up that was the the, the big thing that I look back you know look back on the, the that was just the icing on the cake. Everything else was it was all the friends you make and the, yeah and the uh, camaraderie you get with it and all that type of thing is definitely worth it. I, mm-hmm. I recommend it to everybody. But when I do recommend it to everybody, I always tell them it's not for, for everybody. everybody. That's it. Yeah. That's the biggest thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so not for everyone. It takes a certain type of crazy. That's it. Yeah, Especially yeah. when it comes to injury management, eh? Well, that's a tough one. That's mm-hmm. a tough one. And you're starting at a later age. Like, when did you start? I started, I was, well, so I had a couple of false starts. So I yeah. started when I was 21. 21, yeah. And then, like, dropped off for years, had a couple more false starts along the way, 26. Then I had about a year stint at Renegade. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yep. so for about, I'm going to say about eight months, yep. and then I had to move to Geelong. Like, I, I built a house in Geelong, so yep, yep, yep. moved to Geelong, and I knew who John Will was. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, well, Jamie Murray was affiliated with John. Yeah. Um, for uh, up until I think it was up until after he got his black belt. I think yeah, I, I think they twenty sixteen it was about yeah, yeah something like that yeah and then they they went separate ways after that sort of thing. But so. yeah, when when I started doing jujitsu full time, which was when I moved to Geelong, yeah. I would have been about twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah it it's, it's a when you start later on in life, yeah, you've got to, it, your body's not used to it, you mm-hmm. know, and it takes I think it takes a long time to get used to it. You've had some. Horrific injuries over Bad. the years. I've been pretty lucky. Touch wood, somewhere with wood. <laughs> no, um, there's a lot of laminate. Yeah, that's um, it. The, the yeah, I've been pretty lucky. I've had knees and um, backs and shoulders, um, uh, ankles. Actually, I've had a lot of injuries. <laughs> but, but the, I mean, that's just jujitsu, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So you've. That's what I. My advice to beginners would be definitely just stick with it. You mm-hmm. know, don't let the little things upset you. Your your um your routine and going in, so mm-hmm. it's very easy to sit on the couch and say, "Yeah, it's too cold, or not on the train, or oh, my knees a bit sore on the train, or something like that." I think my success over the years, especially in the competition level, has come because of the fact that I didn't go give myself the option not to go in. Yeah, it was just not an option. I and and that might have been a lot to do with my specific circumstances, the fact that I moved to train. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that I just I put it I was all in and I and I just didn't give myself the option and I was doing the shoot fighting at the, at the um at the club on the days that they weren't doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu I was the first one there on the open mat I ended up running the open mat after being there after six months anyway so I was running the open mat as a blue belt yeah. um John gave his trust me and gave me the keys and mm-hmm. mainly because Craig gave me the keys and then didn't want to do it anymore yeah um but yeah so then I ran the open and I've been running it ever since mm-hmm. um you know, I just didn't give myself the option to, to not turn up. And that would be my advice. Just stick with it. Keep turning up. Don't let the little things stop your routine of turning up. And that's when you start getting results. I think something that Hegan said is that if you love jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu will love you back. You know? mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's, that's a big thing as well. Yeah. Now, you just touched on open mats. What do you think people should be focusing on open mat? Do you think it's more of a like just getting in hard rolls? Or do you think it should be a technique thing? Uh, so once again, not really that hard or fast rule. You yeah, know, okay. right, jiu is what you want to make out of it. Now, we, um, we at our open mat, we roll. We roll a lot. We do, uh, sometimes we get a bit tired and we start doing a bit of, a bit of, uh, a bit of technique or, you know, if someone has a question for me, especially the new guys, they tend to come up to um, me or one of the other black belts that rocks up and ask a question, you know, uh, once they realise that we're pretty open with that stuff, they're pretty happy, we're, you know, pretty happy to come up and ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can stop them, you know, like, and then we start. We're talking about technique, and then we do sort of things. But I think that um, we get, a, and it's pretty typical in a lot of jiu-jitsu clubs that I've seen that you get very technique driven. So there seems to be, and I don't necessarily agree with it, but we get a lot of technique thrown at us. Mm-hmm. I think people want to have a, the the coaches have this need to then to 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 um, to give you content. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, here's five techniques. Go for it in a class, you know, yeah. or three, maybe three techniques in a class, or something like that. Um, and, and so, and we get limited time to drill that stuff. Mm-hmm. But also, we we don't get a long a lot of time to roll either. So mm-hmm. it depends on how you sort of if you if, if you are good at retaining that information and getting it quickly, and then being able to apply that in a roll, then by all means, roll. If you're having, if you're struggling with technique, some people retain technique better than others. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been pretty lucky over the years. I pick stuff up pretty quick, and I can apply it pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the whole. That's the key: remembering it and then being able to apply it under pressure. Um, I think everyone struggles with that to start with, and yeah. you get better as you go along as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, th- I don't think there's any hard or fast rule. If you if you're feeling like you've got to try and t- drill a technique, drill. On open that, mm-hmm. I love the roles. Yeah, same. Uh, we do five minute rounds and we go crazy and, and, and everyone has fun and you know like that's it. And then we when we get tired, we tend to do, then we start doing technique or whatever like that. Some of will start breaking off and doing their own thing. Yeah, yeah. But I love the role. I, I love the fact that and frankly the the guys that turn up on the open mats. You know how it's always been an optional thing. It is in most clubs. Yeah. It's optional. Um, geez, the guys who turn up tend to do better. Mm-hmm. And they, we tend to roll so. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that. I think the rolling, it's that experience you can get a lot out of. As long as you've got great partners. That's it. You know, everyone's happy and friends and stuff like that. No one's trying to kill each other. I think that you get a lot from a from a slower, sort of longer roll. And, yeah. Yeah, no time limits. And That's you can it. go off into a corner and examine little techniques as you're going along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I love that roll. I love the Saturday rolls. Yeah, no, the grouse, I've gotten so much out of them. Oh, in terms great. of, it, it also, like, it builds your gas tank as well. Yeah, that too, that too. There's no, I've always thought that there's no substitute for training your specific, whatever you're doing. So, mm-hmm. and I think Marcel does it too. Marcel does cross training. No. He just trains. No. You know, and, 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 and so you just, you do your, you know, there's no substitute for it if you're going to train. And you know that if you've been away from the mat for a couple of weeks and you're injured or something like that, geez, your cardio sucks. Yeah. And you can run, do stairs all you like. It's going to help in a little bit, but, there's nothing like rolling that's that that's that certain type of cardio where you're using weird muscle groups and your fight or flight kicks in, you're holding your breath and you shouldn't be and all that type of thing all kicks in. There's nothing like it. So yeah. I say roll, get into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it's you you're definitely right about that. Like the closest I've gotten to jujitsu cardio is like the roll machine. Yeah, but even yeah, like, yeah. but even then, like you can do the wrong machine till you're blue in the face. There's still no substitute, yeah. none whatsoever. And like having, like un- until they build a machine 
that can simulate some like the weight of someone on top of you while doing it. While trying to while trying to do exercise. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Maybe an eighty kilo weight vest or something. Yeah, that's it. Well, I trained with a guy in Adelaide, a great friend of mine called Kev. He's he's uh he's a he was an ultra marathoner. So this is one hundred and fifty k races. This guy runs. Mm -hmm. So you can't question his cardio. You Mm -hmm. can't. Mm-hmm. Like this guy will smash, you know. Like I, I can't. I, if I run five k, I'm dead mm-hmm. at the end of it. He gassed out the mats when we first started running. So yeah. now we can't gas him because he can relax and he can get his thing. And you know that's a big that's a big part of it. It's your your anxiety sort of overcomes you in the first few years and when you when you're not comfortable in the bottle. Mind you, I've seen it at high belts too. So it's you know when you're under the pump and you get smashed, you 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 know. And, or, and especially like fuel, like sometimes if people have this expectation, you know, mm-hmm. as a higher belt, they think that they need to be able to be better than they are, mm-hmm. and they don't want to tap to the lower belt, so you feel that pressure and mm-hmm. anxiety builds, and they gas out, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, I think it's got a lot to do with that fight or flight response, and there's something that I'm working with with my students as well, is that, is that, is that, is that fundamental thing is that for all these drills and for all these movements that I give them, I ask them, make them associate a breathe a, a breathing pattern with each technique. Mm-hmm. To, so all the stuff that I teach them is all from the bottom to start with, and I, I make them associate a breathing technique with it. So when you bridge, you bridge to do it to, to do a hip escape. It's a big in breath and a big out breath on the hip on when you escape out. Mm-hmm. And I say. You don't like. However, you do that. You could even do the opposite of that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But so long as you breathe, mm-hmm. you, you you could be more relaxed on the bottom. You'll last longer because you've been relaxed. You won't gas. Mm-hmm. You, if you're if you're just if you're just there because you're there all the time, you get quite happy there and whatever. You can be on the bottom all day. It's really you know it's not going to bother you because you you're breathing. Mm-hmm. People's flight flight kicks in and then it doesn't. So, but yeah, this guy Kev, he's a lovely bloke. Now you can't guess me. Nah. Because now he's relaxed and he's still an ultra marathon runner, so you got no hope. He'll go, he'll, 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 he'll be rolling, you know, eight hours after you finish. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, seeing as we can't train now, no. is there any. Ins- yeah. It sucks. And I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not happy. No, I'm not at all. <laughs> is there anything that you would recommend people do? Like, is there any book or instructional that you would recommend people check out? Um, you got a grapple dummy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. I've never used those. Yeah. Um, listen, I'm pretty fortunate because my fiance is a brown belt. We yeah. get to train together, so like I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, pretty, I've been pretty lucky over this whole crisis thing. It's tough, man. Yeah. It's really tough. Yeah. Look, I've seen a lot of stuff with solo drills, and look, that does help. There's no doubt about it. I did a lot of solo drilling when I was first coming up, and I think that that, that um, definitely helped my game. Um, geez, there's not much you can do. Jiu-jitsu is funny. You need yeah. a partner. You need someone there. You need that reaction, and that's that's what it is. And this is it's a reaction to what you're doing. You can have a grapple dummy and do knee pass drills and stuff like that. But what if the dude moves? You know, that's it. There's so many variables with a yeah, moving object. Exactly, exactly. And, and it's it's tough, man. I've I've heard that a lot of gyms are closing, um, never to reopen. Um, you know, uh, all the government, all the government mandated in Australia, at least that it was that it was. You know, all the, all the rent they couldn't kick anyone out, but all those rents have just been deferred. These guys are going to come back to a big bill. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's not like they're not paying rent. It's That's just it. not paying rent at the moment. And That's it. Pay rent later, so I, I, I feel for them. You know? mm-hmm. um, there was something that happened though, and you know, I don't want to be controversial at all, but you know, I saw a lot of people putting stuff online um, to support your gym. You know, when mm-hmm. you know, and they were very quick to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, through the crisis, where everyone's closing, support your gym, support your gym. Yeah. And there was a lot of really hardline guys that were saying that. You know, and yeah. and, and I, I I can understand that. I I think it, it, as a, as a if you've got the right culture on the mats, they'd probably do it anyway. See. Um, but I, I yeah I, I saw a lot of stuff. Um, they've got a lot of BJJ community things on Facebook and I heard a lot of stuff online and stuff like this and and I just thought you know gyms aren't the only ones who are going to suffer through this thing sure. and, and I saw a lot of people that a lot of people lost their jobs and a lot of people weren't able to work um, the hours that they normally did and stuff like that and then they're getting pressure from their coaches and from the gym owners to, 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 to 
to support them too and yeah i can understand them being worried about it but boy i, I just thought that that's a bit rough you know like totally let's plan it let's let's look at the way that this is all thing first mm-hmm. i can understand you can go geez my business is going to suffer out of this i, I want to make sure but is it up to you to tell your student to support you yeah. through something like this so i thought that that was a little bit I, a little bit march you know? mm-hmm. and then bernardo farrier came out online and said i'm giving away my stuff for free get on your downloads look whatever we can do to help and i thought ah the ray of light someone yeah. who's actually seen it and gone yeah like this is bad for everybody you know? yeah like i want to support everybody so here's my videos here's a e- click click this link and you get a free video you know like that to me was what should have been the first reaction was what it should have been to go you know this is going to be tough for everybody you know like if it, 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 it let us know if you, we can help you Mm-hmm. You know, let, let us know if we can give you some mats to train with or something to do go to home with or something like that. Mm-hmm. But there was just this opposite, oh, I've got to protect myself sort of thing. I've got to protect the gym. And I, I didn't necessarily agree with that. I thought that was a bit rough. But I don't know, mate. I reckon look, it's, hopefully we get back soon. That's it. There's not much you can do without a partner, man. So no, that's it. teaching this is how to do jiu-jitsu. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> or, or your fella or whoever you got, you know, like that's you need it. a live partner, you need somebody who's going to try and strangle you, so. Yeah, that's it. There's only so many times I can leave up my missus. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 no. no. <laughs> Not at all. Now, um, the future's kind of looking a little bleak for jiu-jitsu, but what, is the, what do you think the future holds for you? Um, I think we're going to get back. Look, yeah. I think we'll get back. I, I, I've been doing some... I think that there's going to be a drop-off. Mm-hmm. I think that people... There's going to be a permanent... Um, there's going to be a permanent sort of backlash from this. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of people who, in the community... If you were a gym owner, there'd be a lot of people in the community who would say... Who would be almost thinking about doing jiu-jitsu and then they look at the current crisis and go, maybe that's not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that there will be a drop-off. Even people who already do jiu-jitsu, I think that there will be those people who are sort of on the fence and maybe not, you know, mm-hmm. oh, it's all getting a bit hard now, and now this as well, man, I'll give it up. You know? Yeah. So I feel for the gym man that owns out there and stuff. But I think it will come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it does come back like, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, hopefully every gym opens back up again and has great numbers of students and everyone's happy and that will be great. I'd like to be able to te- keep teaching. Um, I love, I love the teaching seminars. Like mm-hmm. it was such a great. I used to get such a buzz from it, mm-hmm. and they'd all invite me out for dinner afterwards, and we'd have a great time and have a few beers, and and um, and so I'd love to be able to keep doing that. I'm pretty closely associated with Spartan MMA down in Warrnambool, and mm-hmm. they keep down there, so if they love uh, getting me down. Um, and, um, and and teaching with those guys, and, and they've got a great crew down there. So I'd love to keep doing that. I'd love to teach some more seminars. I want to. Um, my my. I, I can't help but feel that the competition days might be a bit behind me. I, I, I still like it. I mean, I haven't. Comp- I competed in two thousand eighteen and and did pretty well. My first competition as a black belt, mm-hmm. um, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was good fun. I did a lot better than I thought I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, which I think is a good mindset to go into it with. Yeah. That, you tend to be better on those days. But, um, but I, I'd, I'd like to keep teaching. I'd like to keep um, keep progressing um, and and keep learning. That's jiu-jitsu, isn't it? Like, I like to keep helping people like yourself. Like, I, love to, I, like, I, I really get a buzz from teaching. I love, I love getting that, that. I love seeing people progress that are under me and that. Even more, I've got a lot of private students these days, regular private students, and um, and thanks to John for, you know, being the guy he is and let, lets me use his space and and um, and lets me lets me, you know, teach in my own way and, and all that type of thing, um, and, and I, I get a great buzz to just see people progress with stuff that I've shown them. And I get a great buzz from all these people contacting me on Facebook and saying, oh, I've got number three choke, I've got number two choke, and, or, or how can I fix this and that, and giving them answers. And I, it, it, Honestly, there's nothing like it. I, I, I love to keep teaching in the future. That's, that's, that'd be my thing for sure. Wicked. Well, thank you very much, Steve. You're very welcome. Fun. I flattered that you asked, mate. Nah, it's all good. <laughs> Where can people find you? Uh, listen, I'm probably, you probably, I, I don't, I'm not very socially media um, um, 
transparent. The, yep. uh, I'm on Facebook, Steve Henderson. Um, yeah, you can catch me at the club um, at Red Cat as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I've, my girlfriend tells me, well, my fiance, sorry, tells me that I need to get an Instagram and get all that type of stuff going. Yeah. And I think the more I teach, the more I've got to try and start doing that type of thing. And definitely need a YouTube man. Yeah, YouTube accounts and yeah. something like that. Yeah, I just—it's just never been my thing, man. I've never yeah. one. I've never wanted to sort of put myself like out of the spotlight that much. Man, so. you got—you got so much to give in terms of being a teacher, man. Like, I appreciate it. That's—that should be your next step, man. Get on that YouTube. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you feel like a fraud. Yeah, like, you feel like a fraud. There's guys like Bushesh are putting videos out there. I go, no, listen to me. Listen to me. Look at him. He's ten times world champion. You know, yeah. like I'm, I'm, I like to think I'm, 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 get, I'm getting, I'm getting close to being average. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. What a, what a thing to end on. Awesome, man. No worries. Thanks very much. Nah, but you're welcome, mate.